great. Thank you very much for that. Um, I'm going to um, share a few thoughts um, about um, this passage. Um, if you want to, there's no, um, there's no uh, compulsion to do this. You can just click the, um, the uh, bar in the sort of towards the top right hand corner, which says speaker view. So, um, so then you'll get, um, you'll get me in um, really close up like this. Um, and um, it might, uh, it might just, um, it might just be helpful, but I don't know. That's, um, that's your choice and I won't know. So I won't be able to take offense. Okay. <laughs> so last week we, uh, Smee led us and we thought about uh, the statement that Jesus said uh, when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And uh, this week we're, we're, we're just sort of reel back a little bit and we, we're going to look at the first of these amazing statements that Jesus says when he says, I am the bread of life. So what does, what does Jesus mean when he says, I am the bread of life? Well, firstly, of course, as with everything that Jesus says, it doesn't just come out of the blue. It's not just sort of dropped in and in, in, in this sort of pearl of wisdom. It comes in the context of, uh, of the story of Jesus. And, and it comes uh, in John's gospel uh, in the, the story of the feeding of the 5,000, which is then followed by Jesus crossing the lake, walking on the water. And uh, uh, this, this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is uh, is a really special one. It occurs in all four gospels, and uh, uh, there's clearly something very important about the feeding of the five thousand. And the crowds in John's gospel get that this is significant. They get that this is more than just a free meal. We're told uh, at the beginning of chapter six that uh, Jesus uh, went up onto a mountain, and mountains are very important uh, in Jewish history. Remember. Mount Sinai, where the where the um, the law is given. You remember Elijah uh, uh, going up onto a mountain to meet with God. We're also told that the Jewish Passover was near, that time of liberation, of freedom from slavery into uh, out into the the wilderness. And uh, as the story unfolds, it's clear that the people realise that this is not, as I say, just a free meal. Jesus is doing something really important. He is fulfilling an important Old Testament, um, uh, if you like, an Old Testament prophecy, because uh, Moses has said that, the, uh, that there will be a prophet like him, someone who comes. And here is Jesus in the wilderness feeding uh, people with bread, uh, and people get it. They get that this is something really significant. They can see that this is more than just a free meal. Uh, and it says in uh, verse uh, 14, surely this is the prophet who was to come into the world. People are making these connections and saying, look, Jesus is clearly somebody special. But then something happens. And instead of looking for a prophet, they try and make Jesus come and be their king. And it's almost as if that tiny little switch from prophet to king suddenly puts warning bells, warning lights all around the story. And Jesus withdraws immediately. He won't play ball. He doesn't want to fit into their pigeonhole. Yes, there's been a miracle. Yes, they've seen that it's more than just a free meal. It is a sign of something deeper. But they have then gone to the wrong point. 
They are looking for a, a military or political leader, and that is not what Jesus wants to do. However important or significant that might have been, however important or significant uh, the predecessor to whom he's being uh, compared. If you're compared to Moses, that's a really wonderful thing. But Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm, I've come to do something different. And so he withdraws, he walks across the water later on in the story, and he finds uh, his disciples and the crowds on the other side of the lake. And they come to him um, and, they, and they ask him, you know, where have you been? How did you get here? And this, this conversation begins to develop. And, and within this conversation, Jesus says, uh, look, you're, 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 only looking, you're only looking for the sort of superficial thing. You're, you're either looking for bread or, or you're trying to look for a, for a sign of what you want. You're looking for something that fits with your expectations. And he says, I, I, I'm not going to do that. I am, in fact, going to say something far more profound, far more significant. I'm going to say that God has stepped down, transcending history, transcending politics and all those sort of little empires. God has stepped into the world to feed you, to bless you, to enable you to meet with him. This is the true significance of what's going on. So you've seen the sign and you need now to make a step to go on from there and say, who is this and how can I encounter God in and through this? And so Jesus deliberately uses language about himself that is only ever used about God. When he says, I am, he is taking the words given to Moses at the burning bush, the name of God, I am who I am. And he applies it to himself. And he says, I am and the bread of life. I am the one in whom those deepest and most profound needs can be met. Not, not just for one meal, or even for one day, as uh, the manna in the, in the wilderness was given to the Israelites for one day only, but forever, that those deepest and most profound needs are met in me. Jesus makes this outrageous claim if you are fed with bread, I want you to take a step and see the sign. And then I want you to take another step and come to me and realize that all those deepest and most profound needs will be met in me. And so Jesus, as well as saying something really important about himself, is giving us, if you like, a pattern of faith. To encounter God in some way, to, to see a sign, to, to have a moment, and then to realize that, that actually this is more than just a need fulfilled, that something different is going on, that it is a sign that points us to God, and then to come to Him and receive from Him. To be met, to realize that something special is going on, and then to come to Jesus. And let Jesus be Jesus, not let Jesus just be who we want him to be. Years ago, I, 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 I met a woman who had, um, had been to church for, uh, I think, probably a couple of months. And, um, and she said to me in a slightly melodramatic way, she said, I left 
unsatisfied. And I, I was quite young at the time, and I, I didn't have the, um, have, have the bottle to say to her, well, of course you did, because you were so clear about what you wanted. You, you, it was as if, as if you came to, to God and you said you wanted a, a long list of 10 or 12 things. Um, and if you didn't get them, you were going to be unsatisfied. The point about this story is that it, 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 it asks us to, to receive, to see that it is significant, and then to come to Jesus and let Jesus be Jesus. Don't make him a king. Don't make him something that, that we can manipulate. Let Jesus be Jesus, and he will begin to meet those deepest and most profound needs. I am the bread of life. I am the one that can meet that hunger within you. Hunger as spiritual hunger, a lack of meaning, purpose, direction, value, significance. It's not to say that physical hunger isn't important. It clearly is important. And the whole point about the story is that Jesus has compassion on the crowd and he does feed them. But there is a deeper hunger in all of us. And we know that's true, don't we? We can, we can feel that that's true. It doesn't matter how full our stomachs are. It doesn't matter how much good food or drink we may have. Problems like anxiety, worry, fearfulness, depression, isolation, low self-esteem, regret, guilt, shame, bitterness, unforgiveness, lust, envy, greed, pride. The list can go on and on. It doesn't matter how much food and drink we pour into those things. They make our lives empty. And we know that we need something else. And Jesus' words come to us. I am the bread of life. It's almost like turning from a, from a table full of tasteless junk food and seeing on the other side of the room a basket of fruit full of colour and taste and goodness. And he says, I am the bread of life. I will tell you how loved you are. I will tell you that you are forgiven and you can know it. I will tell you about your value, your self-esteem. I will tell you about your significance. And I will begin to pour into your life peace, kindness, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I will feed you on the things that you know you need and you know make life worth living. I am the bread of life. And if that is true for us and we begin to taste it and feel it and know it, that we begin, as it were, to fill that void within ourselves, so we have the opportunity to pray and ask God to meet in other people, that they might have a feeding of the 5,000 moments, that they may have a moment when God meets their needs, but then we pray for them, that they will see that it is more than just a need met, that it is a sign. It is a sign of something deeper, that God is at work in them, that God is, as it were, knocking on the door of their life, that they can be fed and met 
but they can go on and see that there is a sign. And then they might even make the further step and come to Jesus. Because I am the bread of life is a deep and profound truth, but is also a pattern, a pattern of how God deals with us and how God might deal with others to meet our need, to ask us to see the sign and then go to Jesus and let him be Jesus, however he wishes to do that in us and in others. Amen.